and welcome to OTC Podcast. This is our second podcast on employer engagement. We uh, listened previously to Marion Hennessy from COPE talk to Claire Hopkins from the Open Training College on employer engagement. Now this is their second podcast on this particular topic and this time Marion and Claire are going to talk about meeting with employers. When you do it, do it right. So I'm going to hand over to Claire. Thanks very much Raymond. Welcome back everybody and welcome back Marion. Thank you Claire. Uh, so we're going to chat as Raymond has said about meeting with employers and then Marion is going to cover some golden rules and these rules are all about preparing for that meeting and then remembering what to do when you do meet them and to ensure then that you establish a working relationship and maintain it. That's about it isn't it Marion? Yes it is. So- <laughs> So here are some of my golden rules that I think I would like to share with you. Please. So I suppose initially just be very genuine in your approach with employers. I think this helps to build very sound relationships. Yeah. I'd encourage you to be professional at all times in all your dealings with the company. And if you are going out there and offering um, a professional service, then deliver a professional service. When you contact employers, do it right. You know, just don't say something. Do with what you you have just told them that you're going to do. You must not only talk the talk, but walk the talk. Absolutely. Um, sorry, that came out wrong. <laughs> you must not <laughs> only talk worry. the talk, but walk the walk. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'd encourage at all times to be upfront and honest in your dealings with employers. Think about the image that you are projecting. You know, what is the message that you want to get across? And what do I look like to the employer when I'm sitting across the table from them? How am I going to capture their interest? So there's a lot of planning into that part of the piece. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And then also you need to know your job seeker. In order to get your job match right, you really need to know the person's likes and dislikes, their preferences, their skills and abilities. And if you can ensure that you've prepared well and... Um, you know your job seeker really well then you will have a very positive outcome yeah thanks very much Marion because that's a really good overview of the golden rules and for the rest of the podcast we're going to kind of break them down further and give some clear examples of what you should be doing to be successful so one of the things you just mentioned there was how do you sell your service and or capture the employer's interest so what do you offer Marion like what would employers see as a benefit? What would make them go, oh, right, okay, that sounds good. That's something they'd be interested in pursuing. Yes. So what I would say initially is be very clear, be well able to speak about your service and be very clear about what you're asking of them. Be very confident about the skills and abilities of your job seeker and, exp- and explain how good this person will be as a potential employee for their company. Mm-hmm. You need then to be able to talk about your job matching and your job analysis and all the different types of placement options that are open to them. And, of course, all the services free of charge to them as well. Does then that really entice back- them, Marion? Sorry to cut across you, but does that really Sorry, entice then? them? Yes, and I think really um, to explain the support that you have to offer, yeah. like whether you'll offer coaching on or off-site, yeah. Um, that you provide regular monitoring mm-hmm. and performance reviews. I think you need to show that you're very supportive and available to the company at all times and that you're respons- responsive to any issues that might arise. 
you can also give them examples of other companies and success stories that you have yeah. and you know explain the difference a job can make in tra transforming a person's life um, you also might have some supporting documentation or website references for them to look at um, I think really being able to explain the benefits of inclusive work placements you know and putting them in touch with people that can make a, um, make a reference on your behalf and I suppose again being able to talk about the financial employment schemes um, and incentives that are out there for employers too. Yeah so there's a lot to think about really there isn't it in your preparation more so than anything else you really need to know the model inside out and it's everything Absolutely. we talked about in the previous podcast about local knowledge and networking and it seems really key to have peers and um, peer employers being able to say oh yeah I was a bit nervous about that initially but look this is how I find it now and they're so professional and helpful that's really important isn't it oh it really is you know some some companies are very fearful about committing to employing a person I think one of the biggest fears is that if it doesn't work out that they've no um, way out of this situation yeah and um, and you're there really with the solution, you are saying that you'll ensure that you're going to stay in touch, you're going to be there, you're going to resolve the issues, and, you know, it's it's okay to say to them, you know, if this doesn't work out, we can end the placement. Yeah, that's really so, key, isn't it? Cause, I um, think it is. Yeah, because yeah, employers will have concerns, naturally enough, and we've touched on one of their, them that they can't get out of a, a difficult situation, they're stuck um, with a situation that doesn't work for them, but... What other typical kind of concerns would you have come across and how would you have dealt with them? Well, sometimes, um, you know, with smaller companies, they might have issues around the whole idea of insurance and fear if there's going to be accidents or claims. Yeah. Now, we can't avoid um, or offer solutions in that regard. Anyone can have an accident, but I suppose this is when our preparation and training of the person going into the workplace and you've trained the person, you can stand over the person as best as possible. But, you know, you just try and explain to the employer that really they must treat the person you're placing the same as any other employee and they have the same rights and entitlements. Yeah, that they're not now, like a special employee or... Or they're you not know, going to, just because they have a disability, that they're definitely going to have an accident. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Other concerns can be like, you know, sometimes you may place somebody who has maybe behavioural or mental health issues or maybe some social issues and again I suppose this goes back to our job matching and matching the right person to the job and knowing your job seeker and being honest with the employer and you know that letting them know that you are going to provide the long-term support and possibly get the other support you might need to keep that person um, healthy and well able in their job um, and I suppose this is judgment call on your part as well, that is your job seeker really job ready? Yeah. Are they capable of fulfilling that role? And are they able to cope with the stress and demands of that job? You know, I would you know, I would encourage you not to fudge around difficult situations or topics. You know, you will come across so many different attitudes and perceptions. You'll be facing so many difficult situations. And, you know, when you're working with people, that's the unpredictability, you know, they will do lots of different things. But I think we need to be open and as honest as possible. When the difficult situation arises, just really face it head on. Yeah. Often it's not as bad as you think, you know. And I think if your employer knows that you're an honest person in your work, 
they'll almost excuse any situation. Often you might feel that the job opportunity is falling apart and the employer has had enough. If you're personal enough or maybe even if you're charming enough, <laughs> that they might just sit back from the brink and give it another try. For example, at the moment, I have a person where the work site has broke down five times. I've been called, I've been brought into meetings, we've had to patch it back together. This has kind of circled around the person's own bad choices in his own personal life. Um, And yet, while the employer is very frustrated and tired and, and sometimes cross, he will usually agree to start all over again. And often this is because of the special relationship that the employer has developed has become attached to the person. They're loyal to you and they can also see the benefits of support and employment and, you know, usually they will stay on board. That's, yeah, again, it's a testament to how you set it up, isn't it, and establishing that relationship. You've mentioned a few times uh, honesty. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what would you have to be really honest about? Well, I think if you do know that there are, there are issues or situations in the person's life or you feel that there's going to be obstacles that are going to turn up at work, I think you need to flag those difficulties to the employer initially. Okay. And I think by flagging it and saying this may happen, yeah. or if in the case it does happen, you know, you're giving the, the employer the information that you're there to support them and also the fact that... Um, you know, this can end if it's not working for them as well. Right. Well, yeah. I suppose there's a couple of do-nots that I would have. Yeah. And my, my big one, my golden one, which frustrates me really, is yeah. so many different schools and work situations have work experience programs where they just kind of drop and run. Right, people. okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really feel that you should not set up a work placement or a job shadow and then not follow it up and provide a proper supportive service. You know, if you just drop and run, you're going to have a burn situation where, you know, if it falls apart, that employer is not going to come back to you again. This will, this will be very easily um, spread within the employer community. And, you know, remember that personal recommendations to any other company is gold and bad news travels fast. Yeah, because it um, doesn't, doesn't make sense really to do that kind of thing, doesn't it? And I know people are busy and people are distracted and sometimes they've um, dual roles within organisations. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, very good point. And sometimes I think what happens is if the person in the job placement has been difficult or even possibly the employer is difficult, sometimes it's easier to avoid going there than having to engage or maybe even to listen to the complaints. But really, um, I think we must focus on the best practice and good service yeah and the bigger picture of why you're doing this in the first place really isn't it absolutely yeah it's not just for the person to spend some time doing a work experience placement it's also about tending to that stakeholder that key person the employer and you were saying about slang yes i i suppose i have a couple of personal these made me laugh go ahead staff, um, <laughs> when i'm when i'm training staff or when i'm employing people here in our service i i really don't like the use of slang of being maybe over familiar or too casual with employers yeah and, and so it's one of my pet hates here in cork is hearing the word cheers <laughs> as a response to a question <laughs> What is it about I, it? <laughs> I just feel it's maybe far too casual, you know, um, and I just think everyone should have 
a proper professional approach. Yeah. Um, and I would stress, please, please do not turn up in tracksuits and runners when you're supporting a job seeker. And does that again and happen? I, Is that because people are in a day service or, you know, yeah, the dual roles, as you talked about? They're key working and, they, you know, they're possibly attaching to a hub situation situation where yeah. they've already just brought a group to a gym and maybe they're expected to go out and support somebody in a work placement yeah um but it can happen it does happen and you know if you saw my car it's got a change of clothes in it and it's got about 10 pairs of shoes yeah. you know you always have to maybe have something at work prepared that if you get that call that you can dress appropriately change and go out and meet an employer oh my god um, you're such a professional with your 10 pairs of shoes i love it yeah. <laughs> very important it is it's brilliant it's like it's such a straightforward solution absolutely you're ready that's the thing it's just being prepared yeah i love it absolutely yeah and keeping in touch with your places even when things are going well you know i think that's very important as well making the contact a visit or the phone call or an email to show that you're still in the background that you're still there that you're still available to respond to them now, you may not have the time and you're hoping they won't ask you. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's important that they know that they can contact Yeah. It's like um, tending to a garden, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, even preventing an accident, if you keep fixing the small things, it'll stop the bigger incident. And by you being in touch and in aware, because, you know, there's so many changes going on in people's lives and, you know, changes of supervisors, changes in business, changes of ours. Yeah. You need to keep in touch and be on top. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I suppose really um, my big message is prepare, prepare, prepare. Spend your time planning your meeting with your prospective employer. Plan what you're going to say. Plan what you want and how you're going to do it. I can't stress strong enough, you know, to be on time for appointments. Um, Dress smartly, speak smartly. Uh, You're working out in the business community and I would suggest you know, you mirror what you see and you need to protect yourself and your organisation as equally as important as they are. Yeah. And when you're so, training, like, uh, new job developers or employment facilitators, like, would you buddy up with them and bring them out with you and they, you know, come with, to a meeting with you to see how it's done? Yeah, I think that's very important to anybody that comes into our organisation here. We have an induction phase and then they would spend a week shadowing an employer and sorry an employee here within the service and that would be that you would show how you speak and meet people and and carry out visits and and deal with issues and and allow them to sit in then on you know those more difficult meetings as well and sometimes like we find over the years that people find it really useful to practice like what they want to say or how they describe the service or have stock responses, not like robotic or anything silly like that, but yes. just so that they have the words in their mind so they're not stumbling. Yes, I think that's very important as well. Um, and, you know, having maybe um, team meetings where you brainstorm those ideas and developing your own taglines and, your, you know, your mission statement and your local goals and your organisational goals as well as what's coming out of people's personal planning programs as well yeah absolutely so then obviously you need to really research the company so you know about them and you can talk about that can't you Uh, yeah i think that's very very important that you research your company um you know if you know you know if you know your company if you know exactly what you're doing going out into your meeting um if you understand their business you understand their language 
the demands of their business and their pressure points, you know, you're going to be better able to chat about their business in that meeting. You know, you're going to show that you've spent the time, that you've been interested. Um, you know, sometimes you've got to go in there and listen to their day. You've yeah. got to listen to how things are. You have to engage and find out how many people work here, what's business like today, you know, how is the weather affecting your business, you know, all those little pieces help so much. Yeah. And social media has come to the fore a lot, hasn't it? With oh, Facebook yeah. and Twitter and websites. Oh, very and very much so. And, you know, it's a great way to keep up to date and getting updates on companies. Um, like, I would strongly suggest, you know, yeah. linking in and following people on Twitter and Facebook. How do you um, find the time, Marion, to do all that? Because it's quite time-consuming, yeah. isn't it? It is. All that's very, very time-consuming. And I suppose we're lucky here. We have a communications department oh, right. where we can <laughs> um, forward our photographs and, and our stories and our yeah. personal stories and that we can post them on Facebook and on Twitter. And I suppose really what you're trying to do then is get the companies to follow you, if, if that really works, yeah. you know. <laughs> and has that happened? It does, it does. Oh, yeah. great. Well, then that's really good, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So now you're in front of the, the employer mm-hmm. and you're having the meeting. So it's really important to keep focused, isn't it? Absolutely. Keeping your focus during the meeting I suppose we can all be accused of being very preoccupied with our agenda. Yeah, of course, because you're trying to think, and then the next thing I'm going to say is this now, and yeah. And I want this job, and no matter what, I'm going to get personally to this company, and I don't care what they have to say across the table, I'm not leaving out this job. But in actual fact, it's so important that, that we do listen to the employer and listen to what their agenda is, and sometimes we may not like their agenda, yeah. and we might decide, no, we don't want to work with this company. Yeah. But we need to be just very clear about what we want and that we don't over-promise and under-deliver. I think it's also very good, you know, you can have a lovely chat with somebody and we can get very carried away, and we love walking around the company, but again, it's good to agree actions and then to follow up very quickly after the meeting, you know, send an email, just clarifying the action points, what we agreed, what we discussed, when you'd be in touch again. Because that you was know, actually... There will be difficulties. Yeah. So it's no harm to, to point out to them, you know, if, if things become difficult, if there's a problem, this is how you will deal with it. Yeah, because actually, just and, sorry to cut across you, because you just brought yeah. to mind, um, just talking to another colleague working in the sector, she was saying how action planning is a big issue for a lot of the people she works with so they don't follow through on actions yes and then obviously especially as now we're talking about employers how key that is really that you have a clear plan about what the purpose of the meeting is and if you don't get that then you have a plan b and yes. then it's following up with that and being persistent not annoying it, though <laughs> yes and that's a difficult point and it's always trying to be creative with that phone call or, or that email where you're not uh, sounding like a pest. Yeah, Twitter. You know, um, <laughs> stalking yes, them on the, Facebook. You're stalking them, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That they turn around and there you are again. And then, you know, as you said, it's difficult because the people that you're trying to place in the organisation don't always buy into our ideas of action plans and time frames yeah. and time scales. And they may decide, you know, that's not for me. Yeah. Not today. Yeah. So you really have to work at the employer's pace and obviously the job seeker's pace as well, isn't it? And build trust on both sides and give them time to become confident in the process if it's a job seeker. And then obviously the employer being confident in disability. And yeah, 
if it's a new company, you know, if it's somebody that you've been working with for the first time or if they haven't employed someone with a disability previously, it is quite slow and it can be a tedious process. And, you know, small achievements can be great. So I would suggest maybe that you could start with inviting company maybe to one of your centres, maybe for a coffee morning or to attend a celebration or maybe even pop a newsletter in the post to them or yeah. include them in a newsletter about how they've supported you. Um, That's a nice idea, going, yeah. Yeah, and then going back maybe to Job Shadow or maybe if there was a volunteering opportunity, again, that's something that you can publicise. Also, sometimes what I'd say to companies, would they be willing to organise a company open day where you could bring a group of people or job seekers for a tour of a company to see and look at what happens in this company? And then, you know, there may be possibilities of developing an internship or an annual work placement with them. You know, and eventually, you know, you wear them down. <laughs> and maybe you get a pl- and, you know, they eventually decide, okay, we have to hire someone here to get her off our backs, you know. Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever works. Um, but also, it's very important to know when to call it quits. You know, I think it's very important, you know, never to pressurise an employer. You know, I think we can all be guilty of that. We're so um, anxious to get the job, you know, offer to end the work placement if it's not working. Dust yourself off and start again. Yeah. You know, we can't win them all. No, that's it, you, you see. Know. And as long as you were professional and personable, then they're more likely to say, look, it wasn't for me. But, you know, when they're yeah. chatting to somebody, they can't be negative about you. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's very important then, you know, even if it has broken down, um, you know, to remember to thank them and acknowledge people's support. Yeah, absolutely, because um, it's know, a hard sell. They that look, maybe we'll get the opportunity to work together again in the future. And, you know, I find that usually works out. The main thing, Marion, you're saying is be prepared. Be um, professional. Be professional. Um, know your job and your role and your boundaries inside out. Be open and honest with the employer. Yes, yeah, see it as establishing a long-term relationship. And don't overpromise or be something that you're not. And seek the support of your team. Isn't that quite clear, isn't it? When things are not yeah. going well, that you can... I always found that really useful where I used to work is that you can go back and debrief and go, oh my God, that didn't really work out very well or that was great and here's somebody else's opinion. And, you know, that's... You know, it's a very isolating job, isn't it? It is extremely isolating and I don't think people realise the pressure it's when you're out there when yeah. you're dealing with difficult situations or having to coach somebody on site or you know even if there's something very deep and personal going on for that person you can have very difficult days and you're on your own yeah so i think it is good to be able to come back and to share it and to debrief um you know to talk to your team and to be able to come up with other solutions yeah. And sometimes just to move away from it and come back at it another day. Yeah, that's it. Get that boost from your colleagues and so on. Because at the end of the day, employers are human too. <laughs> Isn't it true? It, and, you know, many employers would say to me, sometimes if I was very stressed over a situation, they'd say, well, that's nothing any different to what I'm dealing with here with the other employees I yeah. have here in the company. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's just typical human issues and in the work environment, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so being a bit real about it is key, definitely, and having that support of a team if you can at all. Yeah. yeah. Excellent, Marion. Thank you so much again for sharing your golden rules and how to be prepared when you're meeting with employers so that when you do it, you do it right. 
and uh, really enjoyed listening to your expertise. You're a credit to the profession. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, the thing I liked about it was the fact is you, you went at it from so many different angles and your creativity okay. in your creativity and trying to maintain to create and maintain these uh, relationships with employers. I think it's an absolute testament to the work you do. Yeah. So bravo, Marianne. Thank you very much. Oh, you're an absolute star. Thank you so much. I know so, with a lot of stumbling there now. No, not at all. No, you're not absolutely fine. It was sneezing from this side. So. <laughs> but in, in, saying, in saying that, Marion, uh, thank you very much for uh, your, your expertise and sharing it again. It was, it was very insightful in relation to the process of, in, of meeting an employer and making it successful. And thank you to Claire for, uh, for talking to Marion today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.